0: Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We've covered a lot of ground. We've touched on some difficult topics, uh, but I think I think a, at the end of it, uh, we're going to come out on top. We're going to be okay. I am very grateful to all the guests who have appeared on the program today, and to you, of course, for listening. Now, I want to share with you something a little embarrassing. Last Saturday, I've shared this with you a number of times. That I was uh, called in for uh, special duty here at KSL News Radio, Dave. Uh, or rather Debbie Dejanovic and I, we together broadcasted and essentially narrated the goings-on in downtown Salt Lake City for hours and hours that first night of protests. And we had, uh, you know, we had Chopper 5, which was beaming back footage to us. We had cameramen in the street who were showing us some of the graffiti and some of the signs and the protesters. Anyway, we had a very good vantage point from, uh, we'll call it broadcast house here, and I I saw something written on the sides of buildings and on certain signs, and it took me it took me a couple hours to realize that BLM written on posters and signs uh, and on the sidewalk and everywhere where the protesters were spray painting that night that the BLM the letters BLM that I was seeing. Uh, stood not for the Bureau of Land Management, but rather Black Lives Matter. Now, why you know it may seem obvious to to you and to many folks why that BLM would of course be Black Lives Matter, but a quick little background for me: I, before becoming a talk show host here at KSL News Radio, I worked for uh, Congressman Rob Bishop, who was for much of my time under his employ. Uh, he was the chairman of the Natural Resources Committee in Congress, and that committee interacts often with the Bureau of Land Management, BLM. And so for years, I was uh, writing memos and assisting in press releases and emails and such, referring often, almost daily, uh, to the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management. Anyway, uh, funny little thing, and I know uh, after speaking to uh, some other individuals who had similar experiences to mine that uh, getting you know, which BLM was which in which circumstance straight was a little bit of a challenge, but I think we've, I think we've overcome it. I'm able to uh, contextualize uh, which BLM is being referred to in which moment now pretty well. Uh, joining me on the program now is another former employee uh, of Congressman Bishop, another former employee of the uh, Natural Resources Committee, but now now holds the lofty title of deputy secretary of the department <laughs> of the interior kate mcgregor joins me now kate how are you
1: hey, Lee. how are you
0: i'm doing well uh yeah. I, how are you holding up you, you staying uh you staying busy
1: oh absolutely we have no shortage of work to do out here
0: what what what, uh, what dominates your attention right now what are, what are you working on the most
1: well i think that um, one of the big things that we are working on at the department of the interior is how we smartly um continue to maintain recreational access and all sorts of public access to our public lands during COVID-19 and smartly reopen a lot of our bureaus and, and entities out in the West.
0: It's a it's a difficult balance. Uh, Common sense says that the great wide outdoors is a plenty safe uh, area for us to engage in social distancing and recreating and getting back to some semblance of normalcy. And yet there are occasionally there are bottlenecks, there are trailheads, uh, there are places where, you know, even on our way to these great expanses of the outdoors, uh, there are places that will bring us together and potentially uh, pose some risk in this coronavirus. How do you balance that?
1: Well, I think a lot of it is making sure that we're smartly implementing CDC guidance. They've, throughout this process, throughout the pandemic, learned more and more about this disease and and where the real risk is and um, how to implement different mitigations to reduce that risk. So as I'm sure you're seeing in your community and elsewhere, I saw it when I was flying out there this past weekend, folks are wearing face face coverings where they can't social distance. They're doing the best they can um, to also maintain their lives and exercise their freedoms and get outside.
0: Speaking broadly, in terms of all of the public lands under the authority of the Department of the Interior, how much is available to folks again? How how much does today's uh, public lands resemble the, the access available to, to individuals before the coronavirus?
1: Well, um, you are speaking about the Bureau of Land Management earlier and, and some of the confusion on that, but I would say for the Bureau of Land Management, which I'd like to highlight, for the most part, all of their 248 million acres have remained um, open for public access throughout this um, throughout this struggle that we've been dealing with as a country. Um, for the, it's been a little bit different for different agencies. Obviously, when we worked on how we were going to maintain things um, Staying open and continue our mission essential functions, a lot of that depended on working very closely and being a good neighbor with our states and our local counties and sort of respecting what their requests were, too. So we did encounter certain areas where folks did not feel comfortable and public entities called and asked us to close our national parks or perhaps limit some of the visitor center access and the indoor activities that they provide. And um, we've had to adjust and be pretty nimble in that regard. I think for the most part, for the Park Service, 70% of their public access outside has remained open throughout COVID-19, too. But hopefully, Lee, you've been following us on Twitter and seeing all the various openings that we've been announcing over the past few months.
0: And you have a you have an announcement to, to make here in the state of Utah. Something's going something's changing on June 15th.
1: Yes. Uh, so, i um, sad that we missed you. And uh, I'm sure you remember Casey Hammond, who is our Acting Assistant Secretary for Lands and Minerals Management. We were out um, in your beautiful state this past weekend, and we're able to spend some time um, with some of the local commissioners of King County, your local sheriff, and some of our employees with the Bureau of Land Management, um, as well as folks from the Arizona side. And we went out and took a look at the Wave, which is in the Vermilion Cliffs area, and um, one of the things we'll be reannouncing, or we did announce, is that we're reopening the in-person lottery. It's coming back. It'll be live um, on June 15th, and we're encouraging folks to um, have that ability to access the Wave again.
0: Outstanding. How does the lottery work?
1: So the lottery before COVID-19 um, was really coveted. I don't know if you've ever applied for it, but mm-hmm. um, generally BLM, receives about 200,000 requests minimum a year for the public to get in there, but we only allow 20 people a day to go in because it is a wilderness area, and that is how it has traditionally been managed. So uh, the way the lottery worked is there is 10 that you could apply for online in advance, and then they maintain 10 on the day of, or you apply for the day before you're planning on doing the hike, um, and you show up prior to um, COVID-19 occurring, um, you'd show up to the BLM Kanab office and you would apply. You'd submit your application. A lot of folks would come into town, I think, um, at their highest. They they expected on average about 500 a day, but um, they had seen, you know, over 100 people come to the small town of Kanab, hang out, and um, – make a chance at getting those 10 slots for the next day for this really difficult hike. And um, during COVID-19, because of social distancing, the county mm. had asked us to um, close down the in-person lottery, but now we've worked very closely with them to reopen this opportunity.
0: Outstanding. Well, I'll put my name in there. Uh, and you don't oh, have you such said, a bad job. You, you, really you got tough. to go check that out just over this past weekend. Uh, yeah. You. you I, I envy you. Good for you. <laughs> I sit well, here in I a cage, to essentially. You, I mean, talk-
1: first trip – first trip after all of this and we were in the beautiful state of utah and crossed into arizona so obviously uh, making sure access of public lands um in those states is really important i know it's really important to all of the citizens living out there who are surrounded by public lands so uh, we went out we did the hike uh we're looking at some potential changes in the future and and you'll have to stay tuned for those but we did put out A scoping report last september to take a look at whether or not we could increase that access and that's something that we're heavily considering and taking a look at the comments that we've received
0: all right kate mcgregor deputy secretary of the department of the interior thank you so much for your time
1: thanks lee all right great
0: talking to you uh we're going to take a quick break here when we come back oh this is going to be a fun one so uh, president trump as you know would like to be president again they'd like to spend another four years in the white house and he Produced a campaign video which he almost immediately had to withdraw and pull off the internet. I'll give you the details on that next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.